Hello, welcome to Carlton Blue. My name is Dan Rowenson, coming from you from wet and windy, horrible Kidderminster. Uh, <laughs> it's very miserable here, John. You're joining me live from Philadelphia, although we can't see that in the podcast at the moment. You're, you're in a hotel room with not much to show me. Um, before we started, I said, oh, what's the, what's the view out the window before you moved your, your laptop across? And it's, it's a brick wall. <laughs> so <laughs> for the video purposes, you might as well be anywhere in the world at the moment, but you are in Philadelphia. You, you can confirm that to us. Uh, how's things over there? What time is it, first of all? I was like, the kind of time zone differences is it lunchtime yeah it's uh, quarter to one so okay. we were delayed doing this because i had to pop out and get my lunch because i lose track of time because i'm getting up at like 5 a.m here to try and keep or kind of keep in touch with what i'm doing in terms of work because if we're putting if i'm putting something out at midday here that's like five o'clock uk time and by then you've missed a lot of audience so from a work perspective i'm getting up early and then going to bed early as well so are you yeah. still on like are you still trying to like adapt to uk time or are you like fully committed to the jet not lag really. and not as well as the jet lag i haven't really felt it because you kind of just work through it but it's mainly the you'll feel it on the way back <laughs> yeah I, I think so yeah but it's it's getting up to do work to hit the uk audience at like mm. you know midday onwards rather than missing like a whole morning and afternoon so that's the difficult part how was things first of all you've been to washington first of all your flight went there first i think you've said you got a train to philadelphia so people might think it's a bit boring the, the logistics of your transport but i'm interested in the kind of the whole process here like what's it been like step by step yeah so flew in to washington from amsterdam so went from birmingham okay. to amsterdam stayed over for a couple of hours and headed into washington arrived on wednesday night it's a huge queue at the uh, passport control so that delayed me a bit <laughs> so then i was back uh so I, I got to my hotel room at, um i don't know just before midnight i suppose uh, and yeah got up in the morning as i say to hit that uk audience that's um that's still going to be here instead of doing articles like now and then it, you're missing a whole day's worth so mm. yeah um 31 degrees as well which is nice it's really humid though like you got out of the plane and it was like it hits you straight away and you're just yeah. trying to breathe a little bit like it's that hot um especially compared to back home as you say like in kidderminster i'm in silly hole and it's no better um you, have you been to america yeah. before no i've never been i've never been out of europe so I've been to America a few times when I was growing up, and I know I know the feeling you mean. As soon as the airport doors open, it's like, like the air's thick. Like I, I feel it. It's yeah. very, it's a very strange thing. And there'll be people watching this going, "Come on, lads, it was thirty-one degrees and a bit humid." But when you're not used to it, I understand that it is difficult. And I always think, like, imagine for the players as well. I know. I know, I know the players like you've got some South American, European players, and they will be used to playing in, in better temperatures. But John McGinn, as an example. A Scottish, a Scottish lad. He's obviously not very, not used to warm weather at all. To play football in that in that kind of conditions is, is difficult as well. So again, we always mention that pre-season is a little pinch of salt with performances and stuff. But when you're playing in, in the conditions that they will be in the US, I think there's a, a bit of an extra um, kind of leeway given to performances to just go, right, well, it's difficult over there. Yeah, it was funny. John McGinn came on the, uh, the training pitch on the first day of training on Thursday at the DC United training ground. He came off the coach and he was like, oh, it's far too hot. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, um, it will take some uh, adapting to, I suppose. But players do this every year, don't they? So hmm. I'm sure they'll be fine. And this, it's why we're out here because uh, there's obviously a lot of benefits to doing warm weather training as well. So... Yeah, really looking forward to the games, actually. Um, three games, obviously. Uh, Newcastle, Brentford, Fulham. 
Yeah. So should be good. It, it'll be a good test as well to see where we are in terms of fitness because obviously those are teams that we'll be playing next season. Um, and they're all they're all good teams as well. It's an interesting one with Fulham. I don't. I presume Mitrovic hasn't travelled, and I presume Marco Silva has. But then both of them. <laughs> been linked with like Saudi Arabia and stuff so that'll be like a an interesting press conference later in the week we're going to talk a little bit through what's coming up next for you on this tour as well uh, to, we'll mm. look ahead to Newcastle a little bit not in terms of a preview of who's going to play and who's the key man and all those kind of things but just look ahead to it a little bit there's a couple of other little bits of uh, media for you as well maybe an interview coming up and, and a press conference and uh, we'll talk about those in a second as well before we get into that though let's talk about Moussa Diabo a little bit we've spoken off camera and on WhatsApps and stuff about him and how kind of excited we are about the the potential of the signing. Yes, it all seems like it's about to happen. We posted a video yesterday, like the lowdown of Musa Diabe with a, a Bundesliga expert, and there were a couple yeah. of comments saying, "Look, lads, it's not done yet. Until it's all signed and official, I'm not going to get too excited." And I kind of feel a little bit like that as well. And it's it's good to be wary in some aspects, um, but we're almost in that kind of Pau Torres limbo, aren't we? That it's pretty much certainly going to happen, but until it is all signed and official, you have got to kind of reserve judgment a little bit. Throw all that out the window to, to, to a certain degree. If it does happen, how big of a deal is this one for you? Yeah, I think it'll be huge for Villa. Um, a statement signing, a player that is a game changer, a player that changes this team as well, because I think that was the one position where we really needed to add that sort of top elite level of quality. Um, mm-hmm. And while DRB isn't you know, one of possibly the best five players in the world in his position. We don't need that. And I actually think he probably can become that because he's only 24 still. So loads of room for growth uh, under a manager that knows him. Emery uh, didn't give him his debut at PSG, but he was coming through the ranks there while Emery was the manager. Um, Played one season, um, or played his season at PSG. The one season he played, he played that a couple of months after Emery left. So he was ready to break through. And if Emery stayed on, you would have thought that he would have um, given him that opportunity anyway. Big move from Villa. And as I, say, I think it's in that position, in that role, that we really did need to add something a bit more. Um, I don't know. I, I just think Leon Bailey and Wendy have kind of filled in with that role and neither have really taken it. And I think yeah. that was, or well, we all know that Emery's identified that as the kind of the priority this summer, going for Nico Williams, Chiesa. Um, and DRB was the next one. And, the one which Villa should get over the line now. Uh, obviously, a medical contracts need to be signed, etc. But they've agreed a fee, and the players got a verbal agreement with the club as well. So, should get if, done uh, in the coming days. If this was all done in the next, let's say it was done Monday afternoon, for example, and this isn't me mm-hmm. saying that I have any insider information. If it is Monday afternoon, that's a massive coincidence. But say if it was. Do you think he would link up with the squad in the US? I say it only takes one day to get over here, but. I think for the sake of it, you may as well, because that's, it could be, you know, five or six days of training with your new players, uh, teammates, sorry, and obviously working with Emery, playing two competitive games. If he doesn't, then we still have Lazio and um, Valencia, if he's signed, of course, for those games. So I, I don't think it would be like an urgent thing if it has to happen. Um, but that's something I'll ask you and I when I get the opportunity to and, Again, I don't think I'll get an answer because he hasn't signed yet and he's not a Villa player. But um, I wouldn't be surprised, depending again on how on how quickly they can uh, complete the deal. Let's go back to the US tour then. and it, I'll kind of hop back to when me and Ash were doing these updates last summer when he was in Australia. And I'd kind of have, and again, the US tour hasn't really kicked off yet, but they had a very different vibe that Ash was kind of like overawed with loads of supporters out there, massive kind of Claret and Blue meetups. 
that hasn't happened in the US yet because we haven't even played a game, but those things are going to happen. There will be fan meetups and things like that. Just from your perspective personally, very quickly, I appreciate that you packed your microphone to take to the US and, and still commit to some kind of production quality for, for over there. You didn't have to do that. I was expecting it to be, well, well we have had dodgy internet, but like bad audio and whatnot. Yeah. So first of all, thank you for that. But you as a, as a young journalist taking over the, the role from Ash in the summer, being, as far as I'm aware, the only UK-based journalist over there covering the tour. Covering Villa, yeah. Covering Villa, yeah, of course. That's a big deal. Like, so as much as like there hasn't been this kind of massive fan meetups yet, but I, I'm sure that they are coming. What's it mm. like to be over there, being a part of this kind of um, experience, I guess? Well, it's a privilege, to be fair. Um, it's not something that I thought I'd get the chance to do so soon in my career. But yeah, really enjoying it so far. And as you say, Dan, it's only a couple of days in, so it hasn't really like kicked off yet. But mm. I'm hoping that will be tonight, basically. Um, Philadelphia Lions meeting up in Philadelphia ahead of the game on Sunday. Press conference with you and I later. And then you've got games coming like every other day or every other three days. So the first couple of days, the uh, Thursday and Friday, that have just been mainly so the Villa players can kind of just get again acclimatise and get ready for the three games that they're going to be playing. Uh, settling in together as well in Washington. It's only a short um, journey from Washington to Philadelphia. I don't know if they flew or took a train or whatnot. Um, so those that, that was the kind of point in the first two days. But after that, and now it's going to um, be more sort of interactive with the media and uh, with fans as well. Fan meetups, hopefully opportunities for fans to meet players potentially. I, I know some clubs are doing that. So yeah, we'll see how the next week goes and hopefully there'll be more than enough content on the podcast and on the website going live to kind of keep fans posted in terms of what's happening over here and hopefully I'll do a good, good enough job of it. Because it's weird, isn't it? Because we get to do these podcasts like this, whether you're sat in Philadelphia or Solihull and it kind of looks the same. I'm still sat here in my in my spare bedroom. I did want to go... Yeah, I was thinking, shall I just drop my bags and drop my lunch and just take the video from the back of like the City Hall in Philadelphia? But I thought, oh, the Wi-Fi will go. And then I'll come back here, go on the Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe in the future that we you do try and make these a bit more sightseeing and go and do it somewhere. Else. I don't know who knows, but like yeah. it's nice that we get to do these chats kind of where, wherever you are, and the fact that you can kind of take us along with you to not sound like a massive weirdo is nice for us <laughs> to be able to look back at. And you'll do the same kind of things that Ash did last year. You'll go to these fan meetups and you'll take video on your phone and whatnot and send it back to us for me to put yeah. either on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or, or whatnot. So. I'm excited to see what comes from the US tour because there's some really passionate fans over there and I'd like to kind of get a, a feel of what, what that's like. So we'll have these catch-ups semi-regularly. We'll be doing spoilers for later on in the show, but we'll be doing a post-match show after each of the three games the following day. So yeah. obviously it kicks off at Sunday, Sunday night, Monday morning, midnight in the UK. So we're not going to be doing a podcast at 3am UK time it'll be more like 3pm something like that the middle of it's Monday afternoon the middle of Thursday <clears throat> afternoon the middle of next Monday afternoon it's kind of the rough schedule at the moment um, yeah. but we'll catch up Brent in between one. those days if there is things to talk about as well yeah Brentford one is tricky because I'll be flying the next day but we'll sort that out we don't have to have a meeting about it on air but <laughs> yeah we'll sort that in the <laughs> other time I guess um, but yeah still still absolutely loads to come you mentioned an Unai Emery presser as well which I was it makes sense now I think about it, but I didn't think there'd be anything like that really. I thought you might get a couple of bits here and there, but to like have a proper sit down uh, kind of press conference. But it, 
this isn't just a couple of pre-season games, is it? It's billed as this Premier League summer series. The, the games are on Sky Sports. People didn't know that. Each of the three games is on Sky Sports. So the fact that you get to go over there, and again, the, the benefits of being the only UK journalist covering Aston Villa, you can ask these questions during I Emery. So without giving too much of the game away, if you know he's watching, what would you like to ask him first? What's the most pressing thing you want to find out? Transfers, uh, <clears throat> different <laughs> things. Again, yeah, yeah. It's good that uh, we get the opportunity to. Um, I think it's just like the Premier League Summer Series. It's a big deal. There's, it's been plastered all over um, Philadelphia at the moment in terms of advertisements, and there's a lot of Chelsea fans uh, walking around the city at the moment because they play tonight against Brighton. A lot of Villa fans as well. I saw a couple of Newcastle fans too. So, yeah, it's populating nicely with soccer fans at the moment. Um, yeah, the questions through night standard stuff um transfers his break over the summer did he have a break or not possibly not i don't know um because the last time we would have spoken to him would have been ashley wouldn't it in uh back at, in the brighton game uh, just yeah. qualified for europe so a lot's changed uh, or a lot's happened sorry since then um and then just a couple of bits on the players who are missing from the tour as well not quite sure what's going on with like um and duran things yeah. like that so all those questions hopefully i'll be able to ask and get answers on have you done any sightseeing yet? Yeah, so in Washington, I wasn't too far actually from the White House. Um, mm. If I'll be totally honest, I was a bit underwhelmed by it though. <laughs> I don't really know what like. I was. I don't know. I, I don't know what I was quite expecting, but I, I thought it would be a bit. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting, but I just thought it'd be a bit <laughs> grander and a bit more uh, interesting. I don't know. It was kind of what it says on the tin. It was just a White House. Um, <laughs> Maybe I'm being stupid, but I thought it'd be a bit grander. The Washington Monument was cool, though. That's mm. big, like, pencil. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, when I go on holiday, I go to the beach sort of thing. I don't do the sightseeing <laughs> stuff. Um, you been to the, uh, the Rocky Steps in Philadelphia? I haven't. I was walking around the city. I went to the uh, Liberty Bell. The town hall's really cool. Mm. It's huge. Like, that was much more impressive than the White House, for example. Like, it just hits you oh, like, God. oh, wow, that's like a proper... Bit of architecture. Can you, um, do, can you do a video of you running up the rocky steps and then like jumping up at the end so I can put your face on rocket? That's a, yeah, you'd want that for a for an intro <laughs> an outro. Great social clip that. Be. One more question of kind of silliness before we get back into the football. Uh, and I know like it's not like a massive culture change the US and the UK. What kind of food is it? What kind of food have you been having? You said you had your lunch before we started. Like what? What have you had? What have you? Where have you been to? Yeah, I'm not really enjoying that side of it to be honest. It's very expensive oh, really? for one. Yeah, okay. like it's all very. Um, I mean, firstly, I can't cook because I mean, I can cook, but I can't cook here because obviously the accommodation we, we can't like overspend just so I can get a hob and um, <laughs> so if I want hot food, I have to get takeaway, which obviously is unhealthy and I don't want to do that all the time. And it's quite expensive as well, it's like $14 probably for like some chicken and stuff. And then if you go to the uh supermarket, if you want to buy like your sort of ready, ready made food. That's also going to be like twelve dollars for a box of chicken. Like it's crazy, really. So it's actually mental. I'm not going to lie. Like seriously, <laughs> I'm having basically like chicken every day, um, which is too unhealthy. But it's so expensive. Like you're spending like thirty five dollars a day just on chicken. Right. Okay. Back to it then. So it's it's Newcastle tomorrow, uh, Sunday, seven o'clock. Is it for you? Seven o'clock. Yeah. Seven o'clock kickoff for you, as we said, midnight for us going into Monday morning. Yeah, I don't want to talk too much about like who's going to line up or, or, or those kind of things, but 
if you had to pick out, and I know I, I can ask you this, not off the cuff, because I know you've written about it, five things to look out for, what would you identify? Over the course of the pre-season programme that we have, I think it'll be interesting for... I mean, the, the centre-back partnership, I think, is hmm. something that's... Um, that's that, I think that's a big question. Obviously, Torre Mings, Pau Torres, both left-footed, both bring different things. One of them's extremely good at progressing the ball. The other one is extremely good at winning his aerial battles and being like a dominating force in terms of his defending. So one or the other, really, because I don't think he's going to be playing two left-footers. Again, we'll find out and I'll try and ask him. And then Concer and Carlos as well can, you know, obviously play that role on the right too. So that's interesting. Jacob Ramsey, obviously missing the first month of the season. How are Villa going to combat that? There's obviously a few options that Emery can go with in pre-season. You know, it's quite a few of those, quite a few players who could play that role. But once the Premier League season starts, I can't see Philogene playing there or um, Bailey on the left. I don't I don't see that. So who's going to play there? I'm not sure. Maybe Wendy, maybe Coutinho. But none of those players you would pick there or, or instead of Ramsey, if that makes sense. So we are weaker in that role already. So that would be an interesting one to see how we sort of mitigate um, losing Ramsey's quality in that position. And the youngsters as well, a couple of them are there sort of for necessity, like Revan, because uh, we don't have another left back. We all know there's, I think there's about seven youngsters. Philip Marshall was there as well because Sid and Salo went on loan. Um, who else have we got? Centre backs, Jacob Ramsey, youngsters, and what else did I write about them? Coutinho, I think. Coutinho, yes, of course. Yes, yes. So, based on what I was saying then about who's going to take over Ramsey's role, if, if it's not Coutinho or if he doesn't step up to take that role, because that is tailor made for him, really, then when is he going to come back and perform consistently for Villa mm. at all? So, I think that it's like a crossroads, I think, is what I called it in my piece. You also wrote about Tiedemans as well. Could he do it? I know I've spoke to Jordan Blackwell, the Leicester expert, and we did a video and he yeah. said like he's a central player, but could he do a job off the left? For me anyway, I think it'd be more likely that Louise would go and push forward potentially when Tielemans mm. I, th- I think Tielemans has to be playing in a double pivot to progress the ball from deep. I think that's his main quality. I think yes, further forward he can pitch in with goals and get in the box, but Louise does that from a deeper position as well. So that role isn't like mm, restraining yeah. him in terms of sitting in front of the back four, you know, not at all. It's um, it's like a starting position, I suppose, for him to receive the ball and then move it forward. That's what I think Tielemans is in, why we've bought him, basically. Interesting, that one about Coutinho. Um, and yeah, Tielemans' role as well, I think, is another interesting one, but I think it will just be the double double pivot. But then how that affects Louise Kamara, obviously yeah. strength and depth, but also, you know, centre-back and hard midfield, I think, were probably the most... Um, sort of well-off positions in the Villa squad, even before Pau Torres and Tielemans came in. So it just shows you that Emery's not resting on on his low sort of thing. He wants to um, continue to boost the quality uh, of his squad across all positions. I think that probably does us, John, for this little first US catch-up. Yep. Like I said at the start, we'll try and do these semi-regular, but we're going to have at least three videos from you after each game. Uh, it would be good to catch up maybe between those games if your travelling days allowed for that. Maybe we'd do a Q&A or... If we sign somebody, we jump on it and give our reaction to that as well. Yeah. Um, just give us a quick summary before you go. Emery press conference you've mentioned is today in terms of time zones for you and how that will bounce back here and when we'll see some of those quotes come out. And you also mentioned a, a possible interview. Just give us a bit of a, a flavour of what's coming up. Emery press conference later. For me, that'll be about five o'clock. So 10, 10.30 UK time. So I think most of, them will, most of the quotes sorry, will just be 
uh, put out in the morning, so Sunday morning. And then the game is obviously, as you say, on Monday morning, 12 a.m. So if you want to stay up, stay up on Sunday night, uh, 7 o'clock US time, that'll be. Flying out to Orlando on Monday. I think the Villa squad will probably be flying on Monday as well. For Fulham on the Wednesday, you... Uh, US and then Thursday morning you uh, UK time packed schedule and hopefully an interview as you say um, kind of you'll find out who that is I suppose in, in the coming days hopefully we can get that out next week if not then it will be after the US talk as, as I say hopefully there'll be a lot of content yeah all good stuff mate thank you very much for joining me apologies to the uh, Facebook live audience specifically for the internet connection problems at the start for YouTube and Spotify you won't have seen anything so don't worry about it um, John thanks for your time thanks everyone for watching along live and thanks for everyone watching this uh, after the fact I'll try and get this out on Saturday evening so we've got from now to like, the early hours of Monday morning to kind of hear your pre-season pre-match thoughts absolutely loads coming and before you know it the season will be here and we'll be into that that season swing of pre-match post-match yeah. and, and whatnot as well so thank you very much for watching thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again very soon